The world is a beautiful but challenging place to live. And let's face it, life hits hard sometimes. So if you find your hopes and dreams and mental well-being needs a boost, you're tuned in to the right podcast. Welcome to Inspire Us with your host, Jay Paul Nadeau, a former hostage negotiator turned motivational speaker and acclaimed author of Take Control of Your Life. And now, here's your host, Jay Paul Nadeau. Welcome, Tommy. I just want to say it is an absolute pleasure to have you on the show, man. To all our listeners, welcome to Inspire Us. I have Tommy Jackson with me. And as many of you know, many of my guests on this podcast, I've met on Clubhouse. And I resonated and connected with them because I found that they spoke my language, language of inspiration, language of hope, language of servitude. All these things are things that we desperately need in this time. We've always needed it. It's not this time is is much different than it was 100 years ago, other than technology and a bunch of other stuff. But we always need that support. And this is one of the men who gives it. I'm going to read a little brief bio. The bio will be in the show notes if you want to refer to it. And I really advise that you do. But Tommy Jackson's life purpose is to help others to find their true potential. His accomplishments in business, music, coaching, and mentoring youth spans three decades, folks, three decades. His efforts in music in the music industry have achieved over 175 consecutive sold-out shows, placed artists in the Billboard Top 20, earned features in national publications, and received music placements on TV shows, national commercials, and promos. I have watched this man interact with people on Clubhouse, and his support of them is just absolutely amazing. So I am honored to have Tommy join us on this show. We're going to be talking about Tommy's past and some of Tommy's beliefs and how he can really provide you with ideas to help support you as an artist, but as a human being as well. So I'd like to start off the podcast by welcoming you, Tommy. Thank you so much for taking your time and for being here. And I was wondering if you could say hello to the audience and just tell us a little bit about yourself. Hello, simple country boy from South Alabama. Big dreams, a bigger God. Uh, I'm one of the ones that was not supposed to make it that, you know, has been able to do some things in the world that gives me a platform to to give back. And that's what's so important for me. There's seasons of life. And as you said, I have been through these different seasons and they all have their importance. They all have their importance. And now I'm in a new season of giving back. So I get to do this often, but not with a, a friend like you. So thank you, Paul. And hello, audience. Let's have some fun today. Yeah, let's do it. Now, you talked about you weren't supposed to be where you are. And that kind of intrigues me because I believe I know what you're referring to because I've heard you speak of your personal story on Clubhouse. And a lot of people who start out don't have the easiest of beginnings, but many of them, not everyone, but many of them turn their pasts into something incredible. They don't live as a result of the circumstances of their past. They create their own. Is that something you can talk on, Tommy? Absolutely. First of all, it's not about me and it's surely not about you. It's about whoever's listening to the audience and how we can get you inspired to be the best you you can be, you know, on a daily basis. And people look at dreams and it's so far out. It ends up being procrastination, right? You know, I've got all these plans one day. I, I have belief systems and those belief systems started at a very young age. And one of those belief systems is life doesn't begin or end at a certain age. It begins and ends every day. The power of the day has been important to me since I was nine or 10 years old. And I can't really say why. But I was born into a very tough situation. I like to say I was born into hell. You have to be born somewhere. And everybody has their own story. Everybody has their own backgrounds. I believe that whatever you've been through, wherever you are, I truly believe, and it sounds so cliche, I think all things are possible. I just believe in the impossibility. I think my best season is in front of me. I think I'm going to have a better next 10 years than I've ever had. And that's not hype. It's like, what happens when the hype video's over? What happens when the motivation video stops? It's like, what happens then? Yeah, this sounded great, but oh crap, I still have bills. I still have addictions. I still have depression. I still have anxiety. I still have bad marriages. I still have a bad boss. I have a backer. You know, 
what happens when the video stops? And so when I do these, hopefully, uh, if you stay with the journey, hopefully we teach you some simple steps of self-empowerment. I think everybody can find their why uh, in a 30-minute conversation, and hopefully we do that today. Oh, yeah. And referring to being born somewhere, you're, yeah. absolutely, you're, yeah, you're absolutely right. Some people are born into a loving family and have all the support that they need, and while others may not be so fortunate and have to deal with the cards that they've been dealt. And this is what you've done. And as a result of that, can you remember, you're, you're talking about the phases of our life and how you are now entering something that's going to be even more spectacular than what has happened in the past. And I would imagine that that comes from just maturity and understanding and more faith and just building on who you are and what you've learned. But can you remember the pivot point in your life where you decided to turn your past into something remarkable, where you decided to take control of your life? Yeah, I mean, I, there is a pivotal point. I will give you a little background. And I would say this, whether you're 60 years, years old, whether you're 20 years old, whether you're 15 years old, whether you're 90 years old, this applies. I mean, this applies. Once you get to be a certain age, you recognize that there's not as many moments as you would think. Everybody says live for the moment life, but there's some pivotal points like you talked about, and they were five or six things that were super pivotal that let me get to where supposedly I am today in the world standard success. And the very first one is accepting that my past was not my destiny, that my environment that I currently lived in was not my destiny. So I take you back to a childhood that was incredibly violent. My dad was head of organized crime. He was a very violent human being. Um, he was addicted to about everything that there was to be addicted to. Um, it, drugs were available in my home. I've never done a drug. I've never been drunk in my life, but yet my dad was an alcoholic. And uh, I've never hit a woman, yet my dad beat us pretty often. And I learned that the definition of love that I was born into wasn't necessarily the definition of love. And when I started self-loving, was very young. So I didn't know what to do. A lot of people go in those environments and say, hey, you need to do this and you need to act right and you need to, I didn't know what to do. I, that was the only life I knew. I just knew that it didn't make sense for my dad to say, I love you and hit me in the same two days, right? That made no sense to me. And so I knew what not to do. I knew that after my dad drank three or four drinks, it was going to get crazy. So I just, I, I if I have a glass of wine, I've never had three. I, I just, it's like a cutoff. I could end up being that person. And I think I recognized that my dad had so many unbelievable great skills and then addictions just took him down that I knew that if anything was more strong than my dad, which was alcohol and, and, and drugs and, and quite frankly, a, a love for just life um, with no discipline, then I would put discipline in my life and um, I would put systems in my life. And so I think early on, I learned how to build a process for me for me, to care for me. And that's so important today. In today's times where one out of three people have some form of depression, anxiety, panic disorder, addiction, uh, suicidal tendencies, that's a, that's a very, it says that if one more person walks in the room with us, one of us is there, right? And maybe two of us and maybe all three of us. And so we're in this together. And so I put a discipline in my life very early on. And then there were some things that happened to get me an opportunity and let me see through somebody else's eyes. So mentorship started happening to me uh, when I was a teenager and two mentors, one was a school teacher and another was one of my very wealthy friend's dad. And he took me under his wing and just would feed life to me. And I, I took that life. So mentorship, super important, accepting my past wasn't my future, super important, finding out what not to do while still not knowing what to do was super important, and then recognizing that if I would work on the day and not own the past, that my day could have a future. What you touched on, so many very powerful moments in your life that you made these choices to not be defined by your circumstances. And one of the things that you touched on, which a lot of people have a hard time doing, especially when they're abused by a parent, is that you saw that your father also had a good side to him and that you accepted that at a very early age and that you knew what the triggers were and how to avoid the triggers. 
What would you say to young people now who may be living in circumstances similar to yours? And, and yours, they're very similar to mine. I had a very violent father and was abused severely as a child. I know when my pivot point was, and you've touched on you having a few of those. What would you say to young people who are living in an environment like that? What hope can you give them or what guidance can you give them to turn things around or to start to move forward out of the circumstances mentally? We, we can, first of all, give them that one sentence of hope, but then we teach a, a very simple five-step process of self-awareness leads to self-empowerment. The very part of hope is there's a way out. There's a way out. If, if, you get, if you're in that situation right now, and if you're born in that situation, you can reach out to people. You can reach out to people. There's a lot of people you reach out to. It could be a friend. It could be a school teacher. It could be your best friend's mom or dad. You can reach out, but it's not your fault. You were born there. I couldn't control where I was born, man. It's like, okay, fool, here it is. Here's where I am. This is my lot in life. And I could sit there and say, I will let this inspire me. I will, I will become a victim. I will sit here and say, I can't because of. And I want to tell everybody that's watching, you can. Whatever you're thinking about, you can. You can. And it, you said a great word. It's those voices. Those voices leave you choices. And they're talking to you every day. And if you will actually understand the voices that are speaking that aggressiveness to you, that are lying to you, those are voices, but it's your choice to let it be your voice. And so I learned to separate the noise from what the world was saying about me versus what I was saying about myself. And, and that took very simple steps, which we call the power walk, the power of your words, your action and your love and your knowledge that we teach. So the hope out there is hang on to this conversation because throughout this conversation, it won't be about me. It won't be about accolades. It won't be about successes. It won't be about money. My goal in life is to empower you to find your greatness in a moment. And so when they bring me in to speak and I get to speak all over, all over, the very first thing that I tell them is, I don't want you to listen to me at all. I want you to listen through me. My experience is about you. It's it, You got to plug yourself in as we walk through this journey of my life and your life, Paul. I want the people to just pop on both of those and let's pedal together and they ride the bike and go, I got a way out. I got a way out. I got a way out. And so it's never too late. It's not too bad. You're never too old. You're never too young. Whatever is going on in your life, you can change it in a minute and let it inspire you. I am thankful that I got really abused. I'm thankful that I grew up in seeing those environments. I'm thankful that, that I was lonely without a dad. I'm thankful because it allows me today to walk into a school or a corporation or a church and I can, I can identify with the pain. You know, those ghosts never go away, but we like to say those ghosts now dance for me. I don't dance for my ghosts. Oh, that is very powerful on so many different levels, Tommy. Uh, I want to take them, not every step, but one step at a time. Let's, Let's go. Start. Yeah, yeah. I love what you said about the past not defining your future in, in so many words. But you also talked about what happens to you also happens for you. And you said that you were grateful for the abuse that you suffered because that has given you an insight into what others may feel. And with that insight for having been there, you are now working from, from the healing and you are able to help heal others by sharing your story. Vulnerability is a big thing. So thank you for, for highlighting that because a lot of people look at their circumstances in life and say, well, that happened to me. And I got divorced and I was abused as a kid. And it's a blame thing. You touched on choice and the choice, that six letter word that's so powerful. I love that you brought it up, Tommy, because you can choose to stay in your past. You can choose to be a victim to your past. Or what Tommy just said is you can choose to be a victor over your past and to help others by being vulnerable and sharing your stories. That folks is a masterclass right there. Another thing that you touched on that I want to bring to the attention of the audience, and you already know this, is Tommy talked about awareness. And sometimes we are so wrapped up in what we are going through that we don't step back to take a real hard look at what we're going through and then to make the choice to step out of it 
once we have that awareness so that we can look for that help. Another thing that you said, Tommy, that I absolutely love is that you can go out there and you can ask for help. And I so appreciate the masterclass that you've just given us on that. I want to ask you a question. In these times, particularly now, there are so many people who are angry with one another. They're angry with the world. They're angry with the direction the world is taking. And it's overwhelming to be living in these times. What advice could you give people who are going through that, listening to other people and just believing everything they're hearing? without really doing that self-examination. <laughs> you smiled on that one. I know you got something to say this about this, brother. First of, first of all, don't believe anything you're hearing. First of all, it's like there's a lot of different propaganda and, and missions and motives and everything. And you got to understand that there's a, a big system that we're all in. And that's one of the reasons the gen, young generation's having such a, a tough time connecting in because they're the they're the third or fourth or fifth leg, depending on the generations. They're the fourth or fifth leg of what we would call capitalism, America, blah, blah, blah. Well, they have seen the price that has been paid for success. They've seen the price paid for failure, for division, for being programmed. And we've got one of the most incredibly powerful young generations coming up, period. Everybody says, you know, snowflakes, sense of entitlement, all those things. They process information literally four to five times faster than you and I. So they're not being disrespectful. They went, I got it. I got it in the hello. Remember, I watched TikTok for like 15 seconds to get my conclusions. I hit an Instagram and I like it right now. I don't. They've been really programmed to be incredible thinkers at rapid paces. But that being said, they don't know what they don't know either. We, we need them and they need us. Generations don't have gaps. Generations always progress. Generations always progress. And so we're at the advanced stage of humanity. And in that situation, we're starting to question and challenge everything around us. So when we start looking for validity in things that never had validity in them, it leaves us very confused and very depressed and, and, and very anxious. And so if you look at the numbers, and the numbers are all out there that I can speak on mental health and mental health awareness. They're broadly across the board. If you look at the standpoint of number of divorces, all those kind of things, well, that can still be an excuse. It can still be an enablement or it can be an empowerment. And so what we really teach is, is what about you? It sounds so selfish to say, don't worry about the world for a minute. Worry about you. If you get you right, the world would change. You're not going to change the world. That's going to be anxious. That's too big. That's like, let's go out. That's why www.failed. They don't do the World Wide Web anymore because it was a failure. You didn't get to find the world, but could the world find you? And that become the challenge. How do you get people to pause? Incredible YouTube channel where you hit the like button, you follow it, and it gives you great content. And over time, you build a family environment around there where people want to do it. So what we teach is, is five steps, is number one, what words were spoken to you when you're a young kid. What words do you hear? Because in your subconscious, I was fortunate enough to graduate top of my class in finance, but I had a minor in psychology. Well, the psychology majors would try to figure me out. I knew I'd been programmed to be violent. I knew I'd been programmed to be addicted. I knew all those things, but that wasn't my truth. So I am the ultimate computer hacker. And so should you be. We're all in this system and we have to hack that every day and say, but what about me? And it's not selfish to say, what about me? And so when we look at the power of our words, I say, actually measure one through five, five being amazing, one not so amazing. What words do you hear when you're a kid? They're in your subconscious and they're going to be out there in the future. So if your mom or dad said, man, you're just lazy, you will have a hard time when you're 30 or 40 completing projects. It's not anybody's fault and it can be easily reprogrammed by a restatement, but those words over time become beliefs. Those beliefs over time become your actions. Those actions have the, or choices, those choices have the ability to become your action. And as you walk through those five, your words, your belief, your choices, your action, that's going to be a reflection of your self-love. And what I found out with, when I asked people about one through five in their childhood and in their and, you know, adolescence and in their adult life and currently, what words are they saying? What words are they hearing? What words are being spoken around them? 
those words will formulate beliefs. When I ask them what their beliefs are on a scale of one to five, five being empowering, one not so empowering. If I hear someone that's been in an abused environment, you'll hear the beliefs. I can't. Well, because I didn't have a dad, because I don't have any money. If I could only find an investor, if I could only, it'll be beliefs that are absolutely substantiated by words that's been spoken to them. And then from there, that leads them to a choice. And what choices are you making? Five, being amazing, one not so amazing. See, the choice is a defining moment. It's up to you at that point. Doesn't matter you didn't have a dad. Doesn't matter you didn't have a mom. Doesn't matter you from this neighborhood, that neighborhood, you're this race, that race. At that moment, you have a choice to believe that in those words and take an action or take a different action. And so if you look at your actions on a scale of one to five, on a daily basis, what are your actions empowering or disempowering? And where do they line up? And when we do that simple scale, you'll get a two and a half and a three and a two and a half and a three. You wonder why they're feeling average. You wonder why they're feeling depressed. You want to find they're anxious because their beliefs have been lined up and their words have been lined up to where the last one, which blew me away, it was the secret recipe when I said, on a scale of one to five, how much does Paul really love Paul? And I would ask that question. And it shocked me that the number was typically less than three. If it's less than three, then your actions are going to look like it. Your choices are going to look like it. Your belief systems are going to look like it, as well as your words are going to sound like it. And so I tell people, look at your words over the last 10 days. Look at your text. Look at your voices. Listen to what you listen to. Listen to what's being spoken to you. And if that's lining up to an empowering, positive, great life, awesome. But if it's not, stop. Time out. If you don't love yourself a five, time out. And what would you do if you're right on the cliff? Because that next cliff is depression. That next cliff is anxiety. That next cliff is suicide. That next cliff is addiction. That next cliff is a bad marriage. The next cliff is divorce. The next cliff. And you have to stop and say, time out, time out, time out. I love me some me. I love me. It's okay to love me. If I can't love me, I'm going to have a hard time loving you. And if I'm looking for you to complete me so I can love me, boy, we're going to have jacked up relationships. And so if I fall in love with me and turn around and say, what actions can I take today that says I love me on a daily basis? One thing is to let the past go. You cannot change yesterday. Nobody can. You can learn from it. You can grow from it. But don't bring it with you. Don't bring it with you then you can't predict the future. I went through all the motivations and Anthony, Tony Robbins and all those things. They're great. They're super great and super motivational. But when the video stops, right? And so those are great. But at the end of the day, it's like, okay, now I don't believe that. That's what he does. And I've been speaking this over myself and it didn't work. And I got affirmation. Well, you didn't make physical changes to put you in place to win a day because tomorrow is not predicted for either one of us. So I learned to build a day and that becomes an action. That's a choice that rebuilds belief systems that line up to different words. So just because my dad spoke it or my mom spoke it, that's their words, that their beliefs. I get to reprogram myself. So if we fall in love with ourselves as saying we are our ultimate hacker, we can be anybody in anything one day at a time. There's not anybody out there that can't program a good day. So I'll call myself the page shredder and we can talk about that later in the show as we just fill in. But it's super important to understand if you're walking, if you're talking a three and you believe in stuff that leads you to three and, and you your choices are three and your actions are three and your self-love is a three, you're going to have a very frustrating time in this life. There's no way around it. You have to fall in love with yourself. No, you're absolutely right. And this is the thing. It, it shocks me, actually. No, it really doesn't. Wait a minute. Let me just rephrase that. You said that the majority of people that you spoke to, you were surprised to find out that they were at a three. And I, yeah, I can see that. I, I, I actually can see that. And that is a sad, sad statement. It's very, very true. You touched on the fact that your past is in the past and there's nothing that we can do about it. We can't go back five minutes earlier or 15 years earlier, or 50 years earlier and change anything that's happened. It's happened. Earlier in the conversation, you also talked about freeing yourself from feeling that some of the bad things in your life were your fault. 
And you reminded me when you said that earlier, Tommy, of Goodwill Hunting. Uh, I don't know if you've seen the movie, but it's a beautiful have, movie. Yeah, yeah. yeah it, it made me cry every time I watch it. It makes me cry. But that powerful statement that Robin Williams' uh, character says is, it's not your fault. And he has to repeat that three times before it gets through to the guy who felt that everything was his fault. Self-love comes from releasing the past, as, as you have said. And it, is, it comes from the actions that you take and not only the things that you listen to, because I agree with you that you can listen to all the inspirational things that, that come your way and you should make it. I, I believe that you should make it a point to listen to some inspirational things during the day and every day to fill yourself up with that. But it's not enough to post something on social media saying, hey, life is beautiful because unless you make the choices to take action and to build that confidence and that worthiness within yourself, which is what you're talking about here. Do you have a morning ritual? Is there something that you do before you start your day that sets you up for having the day that you've talked about, having that purposeful day and that day in which you can self-love yourself? Because you made it a point, you said, what about you? And yes, if you don't fix you, how can you expect to give the best of you and receive the best for you in life? So talk about your morning ritual, if you have any, and I'd love to hear that. Absolutely. And, and, and most people that the, the world would define as successful are probably a lot more structured and, and, and ritual driven than, than the ones who are out there dreaming and wishing and hoping. There's discipline that, that leads to your goals in life. Uh, I, I want to I kind of hit that point of when we're not fulfilled, we have an expectation that the world will fulfill us. Mm -hmm. So it's, it's an only if I had or only when I get lifestyle. I only wished I had money. Then I wouldn't have to worry about these problems. When I finally make it in life, I'm going to really be, well, we were totally in poverty. We were totally in poverty. And I had a belief system that was like, man, when I finally make it. So I told my little sister, I'm going to get us out of here. So I, my little sister got her GED. I was the only one in my family to graduate high school. I was the only one to go to college in our family anywhere around. I went on need-based academic scholarship, graduated top of my class, all that kind of stuff. I had this goal and I was driven. I said, I'm going to be a millionaire by 30. I did all the help books. I did all the Tony Robbins of the world kind of a thing. Zig Ziglar back in those days. Oh, yeah. I was, I was doing all that stuff and I mastered it, man. I was a master at this stuff. And I'm like, and at my 34-year-old birthday, I, well, I called my sister right at age 30 and I said, I did it. She said, you did what? I said, I'm a multimillionaire. She says, who cares? You're still my little brother. It didn't help me any. Unless you're going to give me all the money. It didn't help me at all. <laughs> And I was like, whoa, reality check. This didn't turn out exactly the way I thought the phone call was going to go. But at 34, it's when I had my midlife crisis. At 34, I recognized that having several houses, a lot of money and a lot of fancy cars and all that stuff that people dreamt about felt exactly like being broke. That was such a reality check that the things that I'd been chasing that would make me happy, that would fulfill me, that would make my life feel meaningful and purposeful, that would make people love me and like me was exactly the opposite. As a matter of fact, the responsibility of to this day, so don't feel sad for me. I'm good. I got a good mentality. To this day, 9.8% 9 .8 of the 10 phone calls that I get today will want something from me. I don't know which one isn't that, but I'm sure maybe there's one in there somewhere. Of all the texts I get, 99.8% will want something from me. Of all the emails I get, 99.8% will want something from me. It's not lonely at the top. It's full of very desperate people wanting to live off of what you died for, <laughs> right? If Hey, if I only had what you had, well, you didn't spend the hours. You didn't spend the time. You didn't spend the sacrifice. You didn't do the education. You didn't do the 80-hour the work weeks. You, you, you went partying when I stayed home. You know, I paid the price for this. Well, I didn't pay the price for anything. I was blessed. You know, too much is given, much is required. But I found myself at 34 going, this is all there is? 
Now what's left of life is me doing more of this and building even more for even more pressure and responsibility. Count me out. And that's where most people get when they're 50 or 60 and then they want a new wife or a new husband and they want a new car and they, and they try it all. I tried all those things very young. I was blessed enough to have enough money. I got to do all those things early and go, yuck, this sucks. <laughs> this, there's got to be more in it than this, man. And that's when I started giving back to the community. That's when I started coaching. That's when I started doing uh, the music world and all those kind of things. And it was really interesting to me that there was a reality that said I was trying to fill myself up with things that one day I'll be happy if I only had wealth. That's a super lie. One day I'd be happy if I only had a family. That's a super lie. One day I'd be happy if I only had a great wife and I do for 30 years and and that's a lie. I will only be happy when I can look in the mirror and say, you know what, T, you're good. You're good. Well, I can't do that every day. It's impossible. But I can do it by taking control of that ritual. So before I go to bed at night, a lot more if I'm kind of losing momentum, but before I go to bed at night on a, on a now it used to be a piece of paper, but now it's my notepad, right? On my phone. And I list down five things I want to proactively accomplish. Five things I want to proactively accomplish the next day. And I am willing to die for those things. I know that today is going to get reactive. There are going to be things to happen. People to hit me up, you know, somebody to sit here and ask me to do an interview and somebody else be texting me saying, hey, we got a problem with this. We got a problem with that. So you kind of rush and you push. No, 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 no. My life is as order as it can be in the morning times. So from six in the morning to 12, it's pretty much my time. It's my time to do some things. So I write down, here are the five things I want to accomplish in my business world. And then here are the other five things I want to accomplish for me. And I do those every day on a piece of paper. So then for me, I know that for me to be balanced, I need certain things. So I wake up in the morning before I get out of bed. I listen to the word on the Bible app because I'm a, a believer. So that's how I start my day. I'm a big music person. So I listen to three praise and worship songs before I get my day going. I take some 10 deep breaths to kind of get my mind going. I get out and I take about a 20 minute walk. Then I do my workout. It's, it's only like 745. And I've already done most of the things that people are just thinking about while they're sleeping because they don't want to get up and wake up because they don't have a life to live. I'm living life. I'm living life. Now by those things, I got my mental side, I got my physical side, I have my spiritual side, I have my internal side. Now from there, I'm going to eat a great breakfast. Usually it's a protein shake. Boom. It's every single day. Then from there, I'm going to have five things written that I want to do for my business. One, two, three, four, five. It could be a phone call. It could be an email. It could be listening to a certain artist. It could be whatever. But I'm going to do five things before I return an uh, incoming call, before I return an email, or before I return a text. That's a proactive day. Now my day gets reactive like everybody else's. And it's all, right. all, all heck breaks, breaks loose. It's like, oh, my God, here we go. Here we go. I got to get this call. Oh, my God, here we go. <laughs> but by having that structure over 30 days, I've accomplished directional focus is what I call it. I've accomplished so much that the world doesn't accomplish because I controlled four hours of my day versus being out of control the entire day. Most people wake up to a reaction day. I wake up to a program success day that becomes reactional. And that's a huge key. That is one of the big keys to overall success and happiness, period. Starting your day off with intention, which is what you do and what I encourage other people to do and what I do as well in my own life. Love the fact that you talked about starting your day the night before by mm -hmm. writing things down, not just thinking them, but writing them, making a commitment on paper, which to a lot of people, they don't they don't understand the power of writing something down and you have and what you are also adding to that is in the morning you get up early enough so that you can bring forth and bring to life the things that make you motivated and keep you motivated that self uh, care that you that you do the the listening to music, things that are therapeutic, 
you work on your body, you work on your mind, you work on your soul, and then you take on the day. And you're right. We have no idea what's going to happen to us. But if we set our day off with intention, we will not be reactive to life as much as others. We will be more responsive to life, respond to the things that happen to us. I absolutely love that. And if you're listening, folks, which I hope you are, make that your routine. Start the night before, start your day off with intention and move forward. I want to ask you this, Tommy. We all know that time is guaranteed to no one. And you spoke about the importance of time and to recognizing that each moment is precious and we have this choice. Again, I love that six letter word choice. It requires choice. We have to make decisions in our life. We have to decide to self-improve. It just doesn't happen to us. You spoke about narratives the changing the negative narrative, the one that so many people entertain. They listen to this voice that sounds just like theirs saying, you're no good. And what a failure you are. What a dope. You know, what, why are you even trying this? You talked about the importance of, of shifting that narrative over to something positive, self-love. What if, and, and I don't, I'm not big into what ifs, but I'm going to ask you this. Yeah. What if someone is, is looking at themselves, doing that self-examination, they find that by being brutally honest with themselves, they're looking at a picture of a person that ain't that pretty. Um, and, and I'm talking about pretty in, in character, that they look and they see that there's so much that they need to do to become the person that they want. What would you, what would you recommend to people who yeah. take an honest look at themselves and need to make those changes? It's so simple. I mean, it's so simple. Like most people go like, oh, let's ponder that. That is such a difficult question. Man, we're all jacked up. We are all broken out there. I mean, right. let's, let's, let's just chill out, people. We all got issues. And we like to say you, you may be broken, but you can still color. And that's why we have the broken crayon tour, right? We may be broken, but we can still color. The real answer becomes the complexity still gets back to, to the simplicity. Anytime somebody says that, I'll say, why do you think that? And it'll be a belief. And I'll say, time out. Where did that belief come from? And it'll be words. And it'll be words spoken to them at some point in reference in time. It's psychological anchors that have been put into them that they've actually taken on and taken on identity of, and it's become their belief. But the truth of the matter is, when we're born, we can have some deformities and, 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 and some things like that. But ultimately, a kid doesn't come out and go, I'm poor. I'm, I'm rich. I'm this. I'm Hispanic. I, I, I'm Latino. No, 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 no. It just, <laughs> and life begins. It's an empty computer at that point. Mm. If I will go back to where it all began. See, I believe that we get hung up on the leaves and branches of life. That's the complexity. You look at a pine tree and an M tree and a cherry tree and all these trees. And we can talk about the complexities. This one looks this way. This one has leaves all year long. But what they have in common is the root system. And I take everything back to the roots. So when I hear someone speaking like that, and they have put themselves because of choices in a place that will not be cured in one day and one moment, that's crazy. Hey, I was here, so I'm going to change everything. And tomorrow, my life's going to be great. No, your life's still going to suck tomorrow. Trust me when I tell you. But you can make it a better day. Okay? So if I really look at that, I'm going to do two things with those people. First thing I'm going to do is, is walk them through the why. Why do you think that? Because that formulates a belief. Their choices and their actions are all going to be lined up. Their self-love is already relevant by the comment. So I know that they're loving themselves at three. I know their choices are two and a half or three. I know, but where did the belief come from? Because they're walking in a belief. They're walking in a belief that they are just, that they don't deserve. I am not enough. They're walking in a belief that is being spoken by words. So I go straight past and say, why do you believe that? Well, I've always believed it. Why? Well, because I was born in Op, Alabama, where nothing good ever came out of it. Well, I came out of Op, Alabama, and something pretty good came out of there. So if one person can, anybody can. So, you know, that's not even true. So first of all, we're dealing with non-truths. And I get them opening up, talking about, and breaking down themselves. That self-awareness becomes empowerment. 
And then ultimately we'll get back to a work. Well, I've been told ever since I was born that I just have a temper like my dad. No joke. You've been programmed to be your dad. I can take a pit bulldog and make it bite or I can make it love me. Now, now we get identified as a pit bulldog. People naturally go, oh, get away from that dog. That dog will kill you. No, there's certain dogs that have been trained that have given a nature and over time have been conditioned to do something. And so I try to get them back to those words and let them restate the words themselves. And ultimately when they start doing that negative self-talk and then they comes a negative belief, then it becomes negative words. I try to get them to drill down to the roots and say, where did that come from? And then light bulbs go off. Holy frick, I'm like this because my cousin told me I'm like this because my mom said, I'm like this because there's a book out there called A Better You by Lou Tice. I think it's no longer in, you know, in distribution, but I think you can still get it online. And I read that book and he talks about how we have conditioned ourselves at a very young age in our subconscious that we are programmed by that thermostat that will take us to there and that would be our destiny. Well, if that's the truth, if we're all programmable and we are. That's why if you're a certain age, I can say, I've never smoked in my life, by the way. I say, Winston tastes good. A certain group of your population count is going to say, like a cigarette should. It had been on there in forever, right? I've never even smoked. I was programmed to that. If we sat there and I said, Happy Meal, you're going to go, McDonald's. No, there's plenty of Happy Meals, man. My Happy Meal is spaghetti, man. My wife makes good spaghetti. That's my Happy Meal, but has to be McDonald's. If we spend trillions of dollars being programmed because they know if they condition us, that we'll have a response. We can spend 30 minutes a day before we get up to program us. We can't pro program a life, we can program a day. And that's when I started my page shredder mentality. I live life one day at a time and I live it with purpose. It's the only day I care about. Lao Tzu, the great philosopher said, the journey of a thousand miles begins with a single step. And I added a little something to that. And I said, well, the idea behind that is to keep moving forward one step at a time. You got to keep moving. That's it. Because it, you exercise daily. You take that time daily for your physical wellness. And you know that you're not going to be physically fit if you only do it once and don't come back to it. Muscle and fitness develops over time. And that's so very important. You also touched on something that I want to, to really focus on for just a moment. You said that everybody is messed up. Like we all have these cracks in, in our lives. We all have suffered our disappointments, our failures, our setbacks, whatever it is. It reminds me of the song by Leonard Cohen. He wrote a song back in 1995 that you're probably familiar with, Anthem. And he said that in that song, and Leonard Cohen, the Canadian artist, for those of you who may not know who Leonard Cohen is, he wrote Hallelujah, beautiful, beautiful song. And one of the songs that resonated with me was Anthem. For he says in that, there's a crack in everything, but that's how the light gets through. And this is what you're talking about, is the fact that we are all cracked, but we all within us have this light that we can shine into the cracks of others, which is what you've been doing, which I, I so admired. You also talked about the fact that when we're born, life is empty and meaningless. There's like, we're just these, these kids, these little vessels uh, filled with nothing until people start pouring stuff into it. And it may be that That's anger. It. That's when the unconscious mind can really mess us up in the future, right? I love what you talked about, the importance of just taking a look. Where does this come from? Where does that programming come from? How do we change our, 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 now that we're conscious of it, now that we're aware of that programming, how do we reprogram ourselves, Tommy? How, do, how would you go about teaching someone to reprogram those messy areas that life is empty and meaningless until somebody pours some dirt into your vessel, to your beautiful vessel, and that dirt needs to be filtered out? How do you filter that dirt out? Hundred percent. When the dirt is there, the dirt is there, and 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 we, we're, you're not going to make that. If I, if I'm getting beat at home, there's no way I'm going to validate that's a good place for me to be. But I may not be able to get out of that condition today. I may not be able to. 
But what I can do in that environment is I can learn, grow, and be wise in it, right? So what does that mean? Ultimately, it gets back to you have to believe three simple things. You have to believe you have a choice. Mm. If you if you don't believe you have a choice, there's nothing I can say that's going to change you or anybody else can say it's going to change you. You have to want to change. You have to want a different life. You can waste all kind of money on mental health programs and, 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 and medicines and all those things. You have to be, you have to say, I deserve a shot at a good life. You don't have to say how or why. That's the big picture. You have to say, I deserve a good life. Then it's simple. You also have to accept the two things. You have to accept that yesterday's gone. That's the art of forgiveness. I had to forgive my dad. Not for him, but for me. I spent a lot of time trying to validate it or understand it. And I was, it was really whacking me. I had to say, whatever happened, happened. But you can't control me from this point forward. No going to allow you to speak to me at all. I didn't speak to my dad for seven years. I wasn't going to allow that in my life. And, and later on in life, we had a great relationship. I needed to make sure I had the time that I could come back in that relationship, that I could be whole because it would always tear me apart, right? It's okay to let some things go. So I had to let go of my past. I had to forgive everything that happened. I had to learn from it, but I had to recognize I can't change it. Okay, I was born there. I can't change that. Okay, my dad beat me. I can't change that. Okay, we were poor. I can't change that. Okay, we didn't have, I can't change that. But I look back at there and there were more things I did have than I didn't have. My dad taught me to work hard. That dad taught me, you know, he was super freaking smart. He taught me how to be an entrepreneur. He taught me to take risks. He taught me to, to fight for what I believed in. There were so many goods that lined up along the bads that I recognized I'll extract the goods and that's my choice. And I let go of the bads and that's also my choice. And I learned to be motivated by the things that would inspire me. And I let go of the things that would dis dismantle my, my greatness, right? Then I had to also believe, it's a belief, that I don't know what tomorrow's going to bring. That I got the best chance, as you said, that little footprint in the sand. I have the best chance of a good life by having a good day. And that's when I become the page shredder. And they were supposed to be doing this movie slash book on my life at, um, before the pandemic. And I don't know where it'll end up being, but they were going to call it the page shredder. And it's because... I do believe life doesn't begin or end at a certain age. I think it begins and ends every day. And so if I'm the author of my book, and I am, my dad isn't, you're not, my, my skin color's not, the government's not, they're not the author of my book, man. They may be part of the story, but I am the author. I'm the one with a pen every single day. And if I sit down and I was the author of my book and I wrote a bad page, what would I naturally do? I would shred it. I wouldn't reread it over and over and over for years. I wouldn't have wished that I hadn't have written it. I would just simply shred the sucker. Right. So I shred it pretty fast. If I'm having a bad day, I shred it. My job, my job is not to have two by that little book, that little 10 things I'm going to do each day. All right. Well, that's no big deal. So if I'm a page shredder and I'm an author and I wrote a good page, what would I naturally do? I would keep it in the book. Here's the way I look at it. If I write five good pages a week, I'll have a good week. Mm -hmm. If I write three good weeks, I'll have a good month. If I write 10 good months, I'll have a good year. If I write eight out of 10 years good, I'll have a good life. But time out, that means a couple years are going to suck. Mm -hmm. A couple years are just going to suck. I can't change it. Nobody can change it. Nobody's had this perfect run. So why should I expect it out of myself? So when I'm not dealing in that perfect run, I make sure, and using your great words, I make sure that I keep moving through the darkness. I make sure that I keep writing the list, even when I don't want to. I make sure that I keep speaking positives. I make sure I don't allow any negatives. I make sure I'm learning. I'm growing. I don't look for outcome ever. So I don't look like anymore when I get to be this age, I'll have this. I know I can control one day. This is the day that's been made. Let me be glad. Let me rejoice. That's my commandment. Let me do this thing one day at a time. And wherever it takes me, that's my best shot of a good life. 
That's my best shot of a good life. But if I procrastinate, momentum. If I lay in bed too long, momentum. If I get hungover, momentum. If I smoke it up, toke it up, momentum. If I get angry, momentum. If I keep fighting with the same person over and over and over again for years, expecting them to change, you're the problem, not them. They won't fulfill me until I am fulfilled. I have to keep my cup runneth over. And that way I can share the love. Other than that, I'm going to be draining off of you and you're going to be draining off of me. And we're going to constantly be let down by each other. I'm not expecting the world to win. I expect to win the world. Choices, brother. You talked about choices. That word has come up in, in this podcast so many times because really it requires us. Life requires us. It's all you. Yeah. It requires us to make these choices. I love that. And you're absolutely right. So many people focus on the outcome as opposed to focusing on the moment, what they're doing now. If we live in the future, then we're not living, are we? We're, we're hoping, we're dreaming, we're wishing. Or worrying, or worrying. <laughs> oh, the worry of it all. Exactly. What The what ifs. What if it what? doesn't work out? Well, change this around. What if it does work out? Right. Why not live in this moment? What can you do now that will bring that page to life? The you are you talked about being the director of your own life, and I love that because I teach that to to, uh, to people as well. Is that tomorrow's unwritten? You get to re write the script, and as the director, you get to say, "Okay, this is the way it's going to unfold." Now, we all know that life ain't all rainbows and sunshine. And every once in a while, you're going to get knocked down to the mat, just like the Rocky movies tell us. But it ain't about how many times you're knocked down to the mat, as Rocky says. It's about how many times you get back up, how many times you keep on moving forward. And that is it. So, wow, what a masterclass there. The choices, not living in the future or living in the past, to go to the past, to examine it, to see where this mess came from and to leave it alone, to leave it back there. That is powerful. Now, I've, I've taken an hour of your time and I really respect and honor you for coming on the podcast and for giving this. A couple of things I want to do. I want to ask you if you have anything that you can share with us, any final thoughts, and also can you tell our audience how to reach you, what courses you're providing right now, and just where they can connect with you. That would be awesome. I'm going to, I'm going to do that part first. TommyJacksonOfficial.com. TommyJacksonOfficial.com. That's where they can find me, read the bios, all those kind of things. FirstNoteEntertainment.com if they want to go to that world. The investment world, Jackson Wealth Management. But TommyJacksonOfficial.com because that's how to get to me personally. And for any booking, any talks, any of those things. I've yet to write a course, a book of that. I've been on, I've been in Wall Street for 30 plus years. And literally today I found out that I'm now a legacy firm at Jackson Wealth Management, Merrill Lynch. And I found out that literally today that Forbes magazine has listed us um, uh, number one in the state of Alabama for wealth managers for the next generation, right? Which is super cool for me because that means my legacy is really working because I'm no longer active day to day. So, so find me at TommyJacksonOfficial.com. Um, here's, and we're going to be doing the Broken Crayon Tour. Just stay up that, all those things. I love loving on people because I always learn. You just did, you, if I'm listening as I'm talking and we should, all should be, you just gave me something incredibly powerful to think about. And I want the audience and you to think about it as we leave here, as I will think about it. You said it's like a Rocky movie. You just got to keep getting back up and getting back up. If the things that we've been saying for the last hour aren't true, and if they're not resonating, if you're saying, ah, this sounds too easy, it is easy. I'm telling you it is. But here's the deal. We were born to be great. Mm -hmm. I didn't recognize that until Paul just said the Rocky movie. Why do we love the Rocky movie so much? You cannot tell me it's acting. Please do not tell me because it's great acting. <laughs> you cannot tell me it's a great script. Please do not tell me it's a great script. Are you Adrian? Adrian? No, you Adrian. No. It's because Rocky Balboa is inside of all of us. Yes. I got chills when I said it. He's, yes. he's in all of us. Right on. And some of you are so broken and so knocked down and so beat up and you're bloody and you can hardly see out of your eyes. 
But see, if we didn't love the movie so much that they would do five or six bad additions to it, why do we love it so much? Because we were born, we were born for greatness. Right. And we believe that that could be me. So for a few of you, you're going to turn this off or you've been gone a long time ago. For some of you, you're going to go, eh. but there are going to be some of you out there that goes, it's just that simple. I know it's that simple because that's all I did. From rag to riches, from poverty to wealth, greatness, all those words. No, somewhere, somewhere I learned that the power of being really successful in life is falling in love with myself and recognize mm. I'm freaking Rocky Balboa. Get ready because we're coming after you. You got it. I, I love that message. I use Rocky Balboa's example in my talks and in helping others because it is true. You're, and if you find yourself right now on the mat, remember it's a choice to get up. Rocky was beaten and life just knocked him down. He got knocked down by some of the greatest fighters in the world, but he made a choice. He didn't stay on that mat. He picked himself up with every ounce of courage that he yes. could muster to stand up there and face his opponent, which may be a number of different things to you. And what happened? Well, I love the ending of the Rocky movies is that he won. He is won. that he kept moving forward despite what came his way. And this is why I love the movie so much. And that one little, ah, well, there's so many different things I love about the movie, but when he's talking to his son in Rocky Balboa, the movie, his son feels that he is a shadow in his father's greatness and that he's not amounting to anything because it comes back to what we were talking about a little bit earlier. He was blaming his present circumstances on his father and on not getting everything shined on him. And he kept saying this and, and his father just says, hey, life ain't all rainbows and sunshine. <laughs> and he talks about the importance of really standing up for yourself in this world. And I just love that. Thank you so much, Tommy, for coming on and for sharing your great knowledge. For those of you who don't follow Tommy on Clubhouse, and I keep talking about Clubhouse folks, join the app and join Tommy's rooms. He has rooms so many times. How many times a week do you have it? Is it every day? No, I mean, pretty much every day I'm doing some kind of room and it's under first note play, not my name. So it's right. first note play. And uh, on Sundays, I do Soulful Sunday, which is a gospel praise and worship room that goes on for five hours it, all over the nation. There's literally, I think, 1500 people came through there last Sunday. It's crazy. Um, and then I do my educational stuff on music several times. And then on Tuesday or Thursday, today it will be this afternoon, I do some Tommy Talks where I do some motivational stuff that we just started doing, my friend Jill Collins, and you inspired me to do those kind of things on Clubhouse. So I'm just bringing the motivational side to that world. It's usually music. Got great music, got great rooms. And then I have an alter ego, Little T, and Little T's anti-business and a whole lot of fun, and he's unfiltered. I think everybody should develop an alter ego Become your own AI and anything goes. It's a lot of fun to be little T. Well, you've partnered up with Jill Collins and I know Jill very well. She is a powerhouse, wonderful individual, great heart. And she has the spirit of servitude just as you do. And I want to just end the podcast with the idea of being a servant to others because we're here together we're all experiencing this thing called life. We're more similar than we are different. Uh, this is one of the great lessons that I learned when I became a police officer is that the moment I realized that we're all living this experience and that many of the things that happen in our lives are also happening in the lives of others was the moment that I was more empathetic, the more that I understood people. So as a police detective, I could walk in when I was working in the sexual assault unit and child abuse unit, I could walk into that room and imagine what it would be like to be in the shoes of others. And to be a servant, to really open yourself up to listening to them, this is one of the great things. And to share our stories. Tommy, you shared your story. You were vulnerable with us today. You talked about your past. You talked about your present. You talked about your ideals. And you shared so much experience with us. And you reminded us, too, that we are more similar than we are different. And I thank you, brother, for coming on and for being the person that you are. And you're right, you're into this 
you said that you're about to have the best 10 years of your life and it goes on from here. Life is what we make it, folks. And if you stay on that mat and you decide to give up, then there's really no helping you because that's a decision. Your mental wellness is, is your responsibility. Nobody can help you out of that. Nobody can help you out of the depression. Nobody can help you to get to where you want to be. They can provide you a lifeline, provide you something that you can hold on to or listen to. And, and I, I suggest that you go out there and you ask for the help that you need. But the work comes from you. It comes from nobody else. And thank you, Tommy. Now, Thanks for listening. Tune in next week for another insightful episode. If you haven't already, hit the subscribe button and leave your comments. For more information, check out our website at www.inspireus.ca. Remember, it's not what happens to us that matters most. It's how we respond to what happens to us that does. Stay strong and resilient. 